Hey, it's Coco and Carly, and we are the hosts of Soul Rehab. Each week, we'll inspire you to get back on Blueprint through our experiences and journey living through a higher vibration and consciousness. Because ultimately, we are spiritual beings having human experiences. This is your holiday vibrational experience. This is a really good episode today, I feel. Really good. Real, really good. Real good. Controversial. Oh. Controversial. Thanks, word of the day, toilet paper. (laughs) Controversial. Yeah. Is it? I just, well, maybe not controversial in the traditional sense, but in the sense that it'll probably trigger some people. Yeah, for sure. Well, so today's topic is, um, we had a whole other topic that we were going to talk about today. And then all of a sudden we just got on a conversation because we were talking, I was talking to somebody in the community this morning and then Scott just got out of his ice bath and I was like, Hey, listen to this. Like, can you relate to this? And then it opened up this whole other discussion. So I'm like, okay, we're actually going to record about this today because I think the community really needs this. And what it is, it's the foundation of what it truly means to move from 3D to 5 D energy, meaning moving from that ego to that soul energy. Mm -hmm. So when you're moving from old earth to new earth, when you're moving from lack, competition, hustle, strife, um, you know, the old programming to Mm -hmm. the new programming, there is a huge transition that takes place. Huge. It's almost like everything that you've been told and all the programming and conditioning, everything that you've learned, you literally wipe it away. (laughs) Well, yeah, literally, literally. that's what happens. And, and, and you start living from a whole other state of being and that is the mastery work. And that is where it's really hard. And when you start doing that, you're going to trigger a lot of people, partners, parents, every label known to you as you switch from the way that they are used to having things done. Basically everyone, but your dog. (laughs) Well, I think your dog loves it. Well, that's what I mean. Your dog's going to love it. Yeah, your dog will probably love it. Because <laughs> you're you're around a lot more. Yeah. So this year, let's just look at this year as a whole. This has triggered a lot of people internally to mm-hmm. really look at the inside because the outside now is not open for the taking. And we were just talking about that. And Scott was saying about North America, you know, it's the first time in how many years that we've actually had to deal with strife or difference or not have everything at our full control. So with that happening, now people are having to look at their marriages. They're having to slow down and look internally. And a lot of people are making these massive changes. And I like what you told me earlier this year about when you were reading Reddit and people were like, um, how when they were in quarantine, they're like starting to reflect and see their hustle. Yeah, people were just like working so hard, and and for what really is mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. Like the biggest trigger, I think. I mean, the stats can kind of show this to a certain degree. Is like we're spending more time this year with our husbands, with our wives, with our mm-hmm. partners. Let's we'll just say, and with our kids. Mm-hmm. And guess what? We're finding out. We don't necessarily even like them. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. know them at or all. Know them. Or, know, or them. know them. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, here's the thing is like, and let's just be, let's just be blunt and be state to point. If you're spending time with your kids and you're like, my kids are fucking assholes. 
look in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're to blame because either, you're, I mean, that's just it. They're your kids. So if you don't like them, like reflect on that because there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. It's a monkey see monkey do mentality, no matter what age, really. Cause I can even go back to when I was a teenager and like, as you start getting more freedoms, you can drive and all this stuff still, who's your number one influence? It's the people, your parents, or who you well, live with. It's the saying that I have been saying for years. You're a product at the kitchen table you're raised at. 100%. Until you're not, until you wake up to the fact that you are your own light inside. And that is the journey from, you know, to consciousness, really. Yeah. And, and let's be honest. A lot of us have kids because that's what was expected of mm-hmm. us, even though we didn't necessarily want them yeah and I think like Scott you've been really brutally honest about your journey with that you know Scott had his daughter at 19 so they're 20 years exactly apart and Scott then got married to a woman that he shouldn't have married and he says that now like it was erratic it was all over the place but what did you say to me I got married to her because I was it was what I thought I had to do yeah but the biggest thing is I never I never wanted kids yeah Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I didn't have much of a choice as to when I had kids, but I never wanted them. And as the kids grew up, um, me and their mom separated and then I didn't see them as much. And then it was a simple matter of like, okay, like I want to get to know my kids. As like the human beings that they are. As the human beings they are, because I only seen them a couple of times a year, really, because of my job and, and where they lived. So there was really quite the journey to realize that but like to this date i still don't really like kids yeah you've been open and honest about (laughs) it he and the kids and that's the thing about us is like with conscious parenting like our kids are well aware that like it's not that scott didn't want them it wasn't um it wasn't a choice it wasn't a choice that he would have chosen for himself if he would have been at a different level of consciousness let's put it that way well at least at that time maybe now because like i like this is going to sound terrible, but little kids are fun. Mm-hmm. They're cute. They're adorable with their tiny little outfits and like their. Aren't they though? Yeah. I just want to dress them up. Oh, yeah. Freaking cute. You know, and I'm until like, they cry. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like this. So me, like, doing the X. So, yeah. like, so like other people's kids, kids are great. So it's just my kids and my kids trigger me so much because they are me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you seen my son, walking away and you see me walking away you're like yeah, same 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 like they have the same walk not only do they look alike they have the same walk yeah and everything about him that drives me nuts is me mm-hmm. you know i mean i can pinpoint his mother and stuff in him but a lot of it is me the things that drive me nuts about my daughter are me <laughs> right yeah so i mean that's the first thing you've got to realize and it took me a long time to really see like me in it because I wasn't focused on that because for the longest time you were in the hustle I was in the hustle Mm -hmm. I I was away working so I mean their mom raised them my ex-wives raised them I've seen them three days a month when Mm -hmm. I was you know when they were living with me because that's what my schedule was like so up until I quit rigging and actually spent time with them I hated it Mm mm-hmm Kids are so fucking needy and demanding. (laughs) But one of the things I've always tried to do is if they've wanted my attention, 
I stopped whatever I was doing because whatever they needed to do was always the most important thing in the world to them because they're little. Mm -hmm. So they need 30 seconds to show me some shiny fucking pebble, (laughs) make them happy, and I can go back to what I'm doing. But raising them is hard, especially when you're not really wanting them. And the more... The more I see of the world, the more I feel like I've missed out on the world because I had kids. So I almost kind of hold that against them. Yeah. So one of the big things that you having kids really showed you was I remember when we first got together, you said that you really wanted to, um, you had nothing to talk to them about because it was that constant hustle, that constant work. It was all these things. So going back like eight years ago, Scott soul already was like, it's time to wake up and switch to something more, mm-hmm. you know? And, and our language back then was like, I'm tired of just working. I'm tired of like, just constantly going out and working all day, coming home, being so tired, not being able to give the kids the attention, not being able to give my partner the attention or even have any sort of relationship with everybody. You're just like, you're, you're there as a warm body. Right. Well, and like, I think like that's just case in point too, to the fact that if you want to be able to reflect consciously, you need the time to do that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. the reason why you didn't necessarily know your kids wasn't because you only saw them three days. It was because on those three days also you had other shit to do. You weren't conscious yeah. during those three days. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you run around because you have three days off and you're trying to give attention to everyone it makes it really, really hard. But the transition from being a working dad to being a home dad Mm -hmm. was rough because all of a sudden I'm having to make sure the kids are up in the morning. All of a sudden I'm having to make sure the kids have breakfast, they have lunches, that I'm trying to help with homework. The tears and the yelling when it comes to doing math. (laughs) (laughs) For you or the kids? (laughs) Both. Both. (laughs) It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. And I mean... I'm not used to that gender swap role. I wasn't used to that gender swap role and it was a big challenge. Mm-hmm. So one of the ways that I, I kind of overcome that was like, we just got my son a tutor. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that way I could improve my relationship with him. So it wasn't this constant fight. And so when Scott was beginning to transition from ego to soul, the kids were the first thing that like pushed him to do that. Mm -hmm. So a lot of you guys might realize and see yourself in Scott, right? Where now all of a sudden you're home a lot with your kids because of quarantine. Scott started this journey like eight years ago, right? Where he was like, I'm so sick of this hustle. I'm so I'm in this like rat race that I'm never going to get out, especially like with rigging and making that large amount of money with child support, with all the thing, trying to get out of that. There's so many people that get stuck stuck in their situations they think that they're stuck in their situations so scott started to make that shift okay so a lot of you guys can relate to what scott is saying whether you did have your kids young or you did do it because you were told or anything in your life kids are just the analogy also too a lot i feel like what would happen with a lot of people too like i don't have kids so i'm not speaking from experience but you thought you wanted kids and that goes back to what you said is that's what you're supposed to do. Yes. So you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, yeah, I would love to have kids. I'm ready to have kids. We've been married for a year or whatever. Yes, because it's coming from the program. Exactly. So then you're like, I would love to have kids. And then you have them and you're like, actually, I probably should have waited. Yes. <laughs> well, or maybe I never really, maybe I should have traveled. Right. You know, maybe I should have those experiences. But then it's like all of a sudden, like, yeah, you get married, you get in that relationship. And that's mm-hmm. the expectations. Yeah. And it's like no one is ever as interested in your sex life 
as the first probably year of marriage. Yeah. Are you having kids? No, mom, we didn't have sex last night. Yeah, well, thank just you for case, asking. Thanks for asking, right? <laughs> well, yeah, you're 100% right. They yeah. stop asking. Everybody just tries to push you, push you, push you, push you into this whole entire life, this whole entire state of being where I know everyone listening can relate to that on some level, whether it is the marriages that you had, whether it is the kids that you have, the careers you have, like everything. Or even like you're living with your partner and you're not married. All when the are you things. getting married? When are you getting All married? All the things, right? So Scott's example is, is amazing amazing because it's it's so real but there's a million other examples that have now pushed a lot of you to this year and previous years where you begun what we would call your awakening because what you are is that warm body and you're like there has got to be something more Mm -hmm. so in scott's case he started that all he did the whole switch of the roles and was really you know the backbone for me the backbone for the kids like all of that stuff as like the general those those roles right so now there's a lot of you in this community who can relate to this where you start to do your healing work and you start to maybe not even work at all or you're blowing up your whole entire careers in your life or you're jumping out of a career and you're in that space whatever it may be for you and when you start to do that people start getting triggered af well, the first thing... Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Right? Because uh, right? yeah. one of the things that you need to do, if you're like me, and you didn't really want kids, but you have kids, is you have to be okay with that. You well, have, and you, you still to, love your kids. You still it, love... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, still, I still love my kids, but I'm okay acknowledging the fact that I never really wanted them. Mm-hmm. And that kind of shifts things... Everything. Shifts things a little bit to at least say that out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know what, like... I didn't want kids, but I have kids. Now I'm no longer like secretly angry at them because I have them, which is a big thing. Mm -hmm. You just hold that resentment against your children. Well, it changes your behavior towards them as well. And I think that that's a good analogy with everything. Mm -hmm. So I didn't necessarily want these kids. I see that now. I didn't necessarily want this relationship. I'm taking action on changing that now. I didn't necessarily want this career. I'm going to get out of it and change it now. Right. So mm-hmm. once you surrender, that's the first step to yeah. all of that. Then you start doing the work internally to move from ego to soul. So there's a lot of you that are in this journey. And I know like using Scott and I as an example, first of that, when we kind of, you know, we built that whole egoic life and, you know, Scott started on the journey with the kids and then it all kind of amalgamated to me just being a complete hot mess internally and sitting across from him saying like, I'm so unhappy Like there's no fucking joy in my life. And that was like a constant thing that we said to then standing on that ledge and blowing up our life. And it was really interesting being the observer when you were doing something that is so against the box that everybody puts you in. So when people want you to have those kids and wants you to have those marriages and wants you to have them job, they would rather (laughs) you be married to the shittiest person that you hate. They'd rather that you have the kids because imagery, it looks good. And they would rather you be in a job you hate because why? It made them feel comfortable. Yeah, like we've talked to your mom about that where it's like you would rather I would have gotten divorced or or married, you know, 
She, yeah. I, and and then get divorced rather than just like be bend, single the whole time. Like, it like, would yeah, have made her, yeah, 100%. She would have felt more comfortable if I would have married my ex at 18 to then wake up at 31 and be like, why did I even marry you? Like, this wasn't what I really truly wanted. That would have made her feel more comfortable. And then to be able to ha- be that partner in pain with me at 31, being like, oh, yeah, like it didn't work out. But you tried. But it would be okay to be a divorcee at 31 because I got married at 18. Like, think about that. Mm-hmm. But then to to not get married that whole time has been a fight. She would have been way more comfortable with me being married at 18 and having those kids. Like Scott's life would have been fine for her because mm-hmm. then also people will deflect and be like, well, his, you know, his exes were X, Y, and Z. That's why it didn't work out because they don't want to look at it. Where mm-hmm. No, it's because I was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also wounded. think about you this. wounded. Yeah. Like we... We, you said it, it's it's to make them feel more comfortable because I feel like too, and again, I'm not a parent, so you guys correct me, but it's almost like how you said your kids are a reflection of you. So if your kid's not getting married, if they're not you know, following the status quo, you're not. And now people are going to look at you and have opinions of you. That's the narrative yes. of these, of like the parents thought process in that situation. And everybody's thought process when you start to flip from ego to soul, because earlier this year, when Scott quit his job, we made the conscious decision not to tell my mom and not really tell anybody because we're like, we're done with that game. Right. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. But then when she started to figure it out, her response to me was like, why would you quit? Like, it's just money. Like who cares if he hates his job, you could just bank all that money because to them, that nest egg is comfortable. It's safety. You should have that. So who are you to trust in the unknown? Because that's foreign to them. But then it's like, it's so funny as a conscious person hearing like your mom, for example, say that because you guys in particular, so do it for the money. You guys made millions of dollars with your company and you're and like, how'd that end up for you? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Well, and here's, here's the biggest thing. You go to work for eight hours a day, at least for most people. And you're miserable for eight hours a day. A shell. Yeah. When you come home, I mean, let's say you had an hour for a commute in the morning and an hour for a commute at yeah. the way home. Half hour lunch. Yeah. Half hour lunch. <laughs> yeah. So like you're looking at what? Almost 10 and a half hours of being absolutely fucking miserable. You sleep for about eight hours. So what are we up to now? 18, 18 hours. 18 hours. So then 18 out of 24 is like five hours, five hours a day that you're home and you're fucking miserable. You have to figure, out, out. You have out. To figure out how to turn <laughs> off that switch so you can turn on another switch. So you're almost like pr- pretending all the time to be happy because you're the majority of your day is unhappiness. So you come home and you cope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you fill your hole, Mm -hmm. right? You're buying the external things. You're zoning out on social media. You're zoning out on TV. Oh, Wine Wednesday. I'm just going to have Wine wine Wednesday. Wednesday. The Moscato. I'm just going to have a glass of beer or something like that with supper every single Single night. night. Yeah. Or guess what? Hey, we legalized marijuana. So now... Now I can get high every single mm-hmm. night and just check out. And yeah. I and I love the it helps me sleep excuse. Yeah. Why do you need something to help you sleep? Because you're literally running on autopilot. Yeah. Literally you're so unhappy. Mm-hmm. And that's where you need to start chasing your happiness and finding that out. And most people are asleep to it. Mm-hmm. And terrified of it. And so when they have somebody in their life that starts to wake up to this mm-hmm. and starts to do the opposite of that having kids, getting married, uh, coming home and career, coping. <laughs> yeah, boxing thing. Like, let's just outline that wash, rinse, repeat. It's mm-hmm. like 
get married, have kids, have the house, have the career. You know, let's be honest. That's the majority of the world. You fit in that, that is box. The world. That is the world. And then you have the career and you save the nest eggs. You have the pension. And then when you can't work anymore, then you get retired. And maybe if you're lucky, you get to travel then. No, you get sick <laughs> because you've yeah. been in stress for 24 years of your life or more. 30 30 years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably 30 to 40 years because let's say you retire at age 60. You get sick, people. You're not going to be traveling and enjoying your life. Mm-hmm. And, and here's the other thing. We can even flip it. Let's say you don't even go that route and you decide, okay, I'm going to be a musician and I'm going to play in front of thousands of people. Mm-hmm. People will be like, well, you know, maybe you should be realistic and give up your music career. I'll go work at Starbucks on the side while you do that. Yeah, like, like do both because like you can't live off being a musician up until the time you become a big musician. Yeah, that's a good point. They are against you up yeah. until the time you've made it. You'll so have you very, have, yeah. Yeah, you'll have very few people in your life that actually support you, but there'd be a lot more people in your life that are actually trying to hold you back because point, they need to feel comfortable with mm-hmm. what you're doing. But why do they need to be comfortable with your actions? That's what you need to ask yourself. And that's a really, really good point. I feel like that has been my entire life. And you've said it so much is like everything I have seen because I have been ahead of the time in my visions. Everybody's been against me. Like right from that 18 year old Coco who wasn't getting married to her high school boyfriend, who wasn't going to a university Mm -hmm. that was two hours from home, you know, and then in every single time I followed my soul and my ego life and then when it became something that everybody was like oh I always knew she was going to be great or always knew I was just going to say so people were probably against you as you started your pop-ups and all that they're like why would you do that oh and now what are they saying why aren't you doing the pop-ups yeah and everybody else is doing the (laughs) pop-ups right like it's crazy and it's that whole analogy that I love to give is everybody wants to be in the limo with you when it's cruising down the Mm -hmm. highway but when you said the other day when it's on maintenance on the side of the road (laughs) they're like fuck screw that limo like I'll get in the Uber that I yeah. don't need the limo. And then once the limo's going again, they're going to be in it. But you know, right now, all of you guys that are listening, you are paving the way for mm-hmm. a new earth, whether you're realized or not, because number one, you're listening, but a lot of you guys are taking action and birthing out all of this new. And what does that mean? It means that you're living from soul from an entirely new intent. So for a lot of us, you have to kind of take that time mm-hmm. to sit with your fucking self period. That might be a month. It might be six months. It might be my 10 months or Scott's year that he's in right now. And when you do that, you're gonna trigger people like crazy because when you're sitting and you're just being with yourself, nobody knows how to be. So when Mm -hmm. you're being, what do they think? They think you're lazy. Lazy. They think that you're not doing anything. They think that you're You're depressed. That's a big one. As soon as we, this is a big in our community. It's like you start doing the work, you take time, you, you like take time for yourself. You stay home. You don't go as much and people instantly think you're depressed. Yes. Which is crazy to me that they would go to that extreme, but that's the programming conditioning because everyone else is hustling. And when you're in the hustle, the only time you're not is if you're depressed yes. or you're sick. Very. Like, take that in. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? Yeah. And if you're not posting on Instagram or social media selling yourself, selling yourself, then you're, you must not be busy. You must yeah. not be offering anything. Like, are you okay? Like, uh, all the things and people are judging you because 
if you're hustling, and I love that analogy so much, Carly, because I look back at my old life and everybody was like, oh my God, you're killing it. You're such a girl boss, blah, 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 blah. And it fed my ego and it fed my wounds, but they didn't know how bad I was behind the scenes, but they thought I was just killing it. Like all these girls would be in my DMs, like as this like little club wanting to be attached to Coco because they Mm -hmm. thought I was killing it. Mm -hmm. But if they actually came and saw the chaos and what I was dealing with, they would have ran so far the other way. Yeah, it's really interesting about probably about four to five months ago now, I had someone reach out to me on Instagram and they wanted to work with me or something. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. Like, cause we had sessions or something. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I figured because you just hustle all the time. You're doing so much. And <laughs> I literally just stopped. And I was like, it made me feel so gross. Cause so I was like, am is that what I'm projecting? Like, do, does it look like I am hustling? Cause I'm not like, yeah. that is so against everything that we that we mentor on that that I embody and I was like oh yeah totally but I knew that it was coming from her lens yes right so when she was saying oh you're hustling she actually meant like oh I see what you're doing and you're doing a lot good job but what she doesn't know is that I'm not hustling for all, all that I'm embodying all that and it's flowing to me yes but it's just it just shows you the programming of the world that like hustle is good that you're not successful unless you hustle. Yes, and unless you're just like right to the actual brink of fucking mm-hmm. exhaustion. Like there's actually a glo- busy is glorified. Absolutely. It is so bl- glorified if you're busy, yeah. right? Well, I mean, I was actually trying to find find a quote here online because one of the things that I've noticed especially in in the fitness world is Oh, that's a good yeah. example. Because this is the easiest example that's really relatable to everyone because everyone's trying to work out, everyone's trying to feel better mm-hmm. is do more. Yeah. yeah. Be more. Work harder. No one wants your fucking excuses. Just or fucking hustle. Hustle's hustle. huge in fitness. Huge hustle hard. Huge in fitness. You always talk about this, Scott, about, and you had to really, te- Scott had to reprogram me with that. Right. Because last year on our gym journey, it was like, you know, I only worked out, what was it, four times a week, but the programming really was like intense and amazing. And he was like, you got to get it out of your head mm-hmm. that like less is more. Yeah. You like, know? like the quote, don't let anyone work harder than you do. Oh, yeah. You know, while while you're resting, someone oh. else is oh. working out. That's 3D. Like, yeah. All that does is I'm build. Itchy. Yeah. All that does is build a mindset of I'm never doing enough. enough. I'm never being mm-hmm. enough. I have to grind. I have to push. Yeah. I have to like kill myself in order to get ahead because someone else is working harder. I used than to love me. those quotes, Scott. I used I to have. love. I used to love those quotes. It would be like, yeah, like someone busier than you is like has ten kids and has got up at four a.m. and ran already and yeah. wrote a book and is like on their two-hour commute and like building an empire. I used to be like, I love the two. It's like, well, as long as you're just out there, you're running laps on the person on, that's sitting on the couch oh, or however that goes. God. You know, I used to love that I shit. And, like, and all that, life, yeah, yeah, and all that that competition does is just make it seem like we are not enough. We are not doing enough, mm-hmm. but. I mean, the fitness industry, I mean, I follow it quite closely, so I don't know if everyone's noticed this trend. What they're really pointing out to now is if you really want to get ahead in the fitness world, you need to recover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to take those breaks. You need to have those rest days. You And I'm a perfect example of this. You cannot go 100% five days a week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can't. You will burn out 
eventually. And that's what so many people do is they go to the gym, they go hard for two or three months because that's what prob- society tells you. Yeah. Well, well, that's kind of what their limit is. Yeah. And then they get an injury mm-hmm. and then they have to take time off. And then when that injury is kind of, you know, they're feeling better, they go back to the gym and they go back at a hundred percent. Then they get an injury. Everyone knows someone like that, but why don't they just like rest a little bit, train smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need to do with like our fitness, but also with like our jobs, our our relationships, our, our entire state of being. And when you move from 3D to 5D, that fitness example is such a good example because that's 3D, the hustle, the grind, Mm -hmm. the everything. And when you flip your whole entire life over, what does that truly mean? So we're going to kind of break that down for you guys because this is why it triggers people. So using me as an example, when I came off of that life that loved these quotes, I sat with myself for 10 months. Okay. Do you guys know how brutal that was? Like that, that's like flashing red sign that says blue brutal. Scott went out to work. Scott would come home and I would bawl to him and be like, I literally have done nothing. I feel like I've done nothing all fucking day. And I've talked about this before, but it was such a good quote that he said to me. He's like, you're doing lots because what I was doing is like, they're showing me, I had that big ball of yarn. That was the whole hustle, egoic competition life. And I was unwinding it. And sitting with yourself is the hardest work you will ever do, whether it be a day to 10 months or a year. Sitting with yourself and actually just being is so fucking hard because the distractions are a million times easier. Well, think about this. Like a 3D example of that is like when you would get a review at work, okay? So you go in for your review and this is where someone's going to tell you your areas that need improvement. Everyone hates that. (laughs) Yeah. Why do you hate that? Because someone is pointing out areas that you need to improve. So when you sit with yourself, you are literally doing that to yourself all day long. Mm -hmm. Your ego hates that. Yes. Absolutely. That's why it's so hard. And your wounds come out like you've never experienced them before. So when you actually get to that surrender and that point where you have to sit with yourself, that goes back to Scott's whole story and Scott's whole analogy about your kids. You know, if you have kids, you're like, holy shit, like, why the fuck did I even have kids? And why the fuck did I even get married? Like, all these things start coming to you because that is now the flip to consciousness where you're like, I just did what the whole world told me to do. And now you're beginning to really feel your light and start to let it out and start doing the healing and the work. Now, an example is if you start doing that and you have a partner you're going to trigger the fuck out of your partner, especially if your partner's not where you are right now. Oh, and that they're at a nine to five and they are quote unquote hustling and they are stressed in that position. It'll trigger them a lot. And they're going to come home and they're going to have conversations about like, you're not doing anything. We can't afford to have you sit. You're triggering the shit out of me because you're doing nothing. I can't support you. Like it's always going to be about lack first Mm -hmm, of all, mm because if you're not doing anything, but I said to one person the other day, ask him, what would happen if you had a kid? Yeah. Because then that would be acceptable. You would be at home doing the same thing thing in the box because you'd be sitting at home. Not even necessarily a kid. What if you had an an injury? Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you couldn't go to work, but then here's the thing. They would just be like, well, you'd get EI. Yeah. Like they're looking all externally. Yeah. Yeah. So they're trying, they'd find excuses for it. 
but you are, it's just, it's like an illness you're trying to recover from. 100%. You are, that's a really good, you yeah. are recovering from an illness. You are recovering from an addiction. You are recovering from all of that stuff. So that is why you're sitting with yourself. So why? You can rise to live from soul so you can be a better wife, mother, <laughs> brother, husband, you're, everything. You're recovering from an energetic illness. You're recovering from AKA dimming your light. rehab. <laughs> Literally. You're in rehab with yourself. Welcome. Right? <laughs> and so that's going to trigger people like crazy because you're no longer doing the box. Mm-hmm. You're no longer doing the status quo. You're no longer doing what the world has told you to do. Now you're choosing yourself for the first time in your entire life and people are going to be next level with you. They just are. They're going to say... Carly, like, it's really great that you're doing what you're doing, but maybe you should go to McDonald's and work at the drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> and we were discussing this earlier. We're like, why do, why do people always resort to, like, those entry-level, like, high school, a.k.a. jobs? You know what I mean? Like, do. Starbucks if, if and, you've yeah. already had a career, like, you can go back to that career. Like, you don't have to go to Starbucks. Like, you can go no, back and be like, a marketing last, director. Last year for me and Carly <laughs> specifically, our parents would be like, well, you should go You should go get a job at Starbucks yes. or McDonald's. But like, I will, everybody but then goes I'm like, down to okay, that level. So let's say Coco. Okay, you're going to go apply at Starbucks. Let me help you write your resume. CEO, a founder of multi-million dollar company, had a <laughs> blah, 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 blah in China. All these things. They're going to look at you and be like, you're overqualified. Like, why are you here? Really? Like, let's look. If we want to look at it from, like, a 3d perspective like you're not working at starbucks no you're just not i I did that or like my mom she's so sweet she goes well would you ever consider going back to the company you used to work for (laughs) so it was like i support you and what you're doing but like is would you ever consider that would they take you back was also her question and then like x is an x for a reason reason. and then scott will get the narratives of like Oh, well, Scott, you can just go get like any job just to provide, just to provide. I think the males get that a lot. They get the just to provide. They get the just to provide. And then us as females, I feel like we get the, well, just do what you can. Yes. Like you, you get the, you have the to go to provide, but then like, our stereotype is just like, do what you can while you, while you do this on the yeah, side. Yeah. Like Scott's narrative last year from like my family specifically was like, well, you know, it's not forever. Like Scott can just like go back <laughs> and provide, like get a job and everybody, everybody hates their job. That's another one. Everybody <laughs> hates their job. You just go, you get through and you put food on the table. You just deal with that to go because Scott can go and provide like that's crazy to me so now that he's like flipped and out nobody even knows how to interact Mm -hmm. that's the crazy thing too like what do you talk about what are you going to talk about with these people because they can't now you're not their partners in pain of like how hard the market is or how hard living in today's day and age is and all that I, I I have seen that a lot of mine in Scott's life is like friends that used to call that used to own that still do own businesses like don't know how to have a conversation anymore because it used to be like, Oh, it's so hard. People don't get it. Oh, so things are going really good for you guys. Then we're like, yeah, like we've, and I say, this is my language. We've really been steadfast and dedicated to flipping our life to our soul. We're living a whole different state of being. And then they're like, Oh, okay, good. They literally don't know how to have the conversation. And even like with Scott, it's just hilarious now to watch where he's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm not, 
I, I quit my job like six months ago. Like things are fine. And they're, they actually gloss over it. Like, yeah. cause people don't know what to say when you tell them you're a professional pool boy. Yeah, like he literally all summer would say that to people. So like, what do you do? He's like, I'm the professional pool boy. And they're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. They think it's a joke. Yeah. And then you're like, like, no, no, like, like literally that, that's what I do. Yeah. I clean the pool. But here's the thing. Like if we go back to kind of like, like, if you're running a business and how to kind of move that and trying to move from soul, if you're confident in what you're selling, it'll sell. You don't have to push it on people. Mm-hmm. If it's a good product and you know it, you don't have to push it on people. It's when you get scared yeah, and you're not sure and maybe you're kind of a little nervous. That's when you start pushing it. It's when you start selling. Yeah. A good when product, you feel the lack. A good product literally sells itself. And if you have that, what are you pushing it for? Let it come, let it just come out naturally. And Scott, like, I love that you're saying that because I don't have any regrets, but if I could give my wisdom from my previous life, one of the biggest things was if I would have just taken that time, like I'm looking at like right, like a big chunk of time they're showing me right now. Like if I would have taken six months off, Mm -hmm. just literally kept the websites at zero, did nothing for six months and really sat with myself and looked at things and saw my intent and really figured out like, have I gotten off the tracks here? Am I in lack? Am I in the middle of this hustle and I can't see clearly? Am I listening to everybody else who's also in the hustle and like loving the limo and all the things? We would have definitely changed that whole company to move from Seoul, right? If we would have given ourselves the time. In my world, it was never meant to be. You know, it was the blueprint of my life to not ever have it continue. But I'm just saying, if there's a lot of you guys who are in that hustle and they're selling and you're just feeling like there's no way out and you have all these bills and you have all these things that can be a huge part of your blueprint. Like that company might be what you're here to do for the rest of your life, or that career might be what you're here to do for the rest of the life. But you need to take that time so that you can sit with yourself and give yourself that reflection. Otherwise, this decade is going to be something else for you, period. It is because things are just going to keep hitting you hard and hard and hard. You've got to take that time to sit there and reflect and to see because Scott is dead on. You said that quote, and I just love it so much. If you're great, you don't need to tell people because people talk about it for you. So any products and stuff that I know we are buying in our world, it's because somebody has told us about it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's because we've heard about it, that we're now buying it instead of it being advertised to us. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things, I mean, once you figure out who you are and you become confident in that person. Yeah. You're hard to rock. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But that takes work. That takes work. And once you become that person, your your partner is like, okay, well, you're, you know, you're not this person anymore. You're just like, you're so confident in who you are. That rocks them mm-hmm. and that makes them uncomfortable. So they start to kind of like look at themselves. Well, have to react because do they really want to look at themselves? Because ultimately, if one person is rising, the other person has to come with them or there's going to be a separation. Let's just be honest. Mm -hmm. And I know in our community, that's like a huge fear for all of you guys. You're like, Oh my God, like I, like my husband or my wife is not really like quote unquote into this, but they're supportive. But here's the thing. Scott is dead on when you get solid in yourself, it's not going to matter because either they're going to rise with you at some level Or you're going to separate and go a different way. Because we had said earlier, I was like, you know what? If I didn't have Scott 
supported me in this, I would be doing it somewhere else. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like if you have that partner who's like, I can't support you while you're sitting with yourself and really uncovering this, then you would do it anyways. You would do it in your grandma's basement. You would move home. You would do wherever you could find that support or you would give it to yourself because Carly has done this as a single person with no external support Mm -hmm. from a partner, Mm -hmm. right? That's what you guys need to take in is you don't need the support because the only person you can save is yourself. And the reason why you need to sit with yourself to move from ego to soul is the basis of all of our work. You want to have that purpose and that reason and not feel so empty. But in order to do that, you got to clean the pipe. You got to clean the pipe to your higher self. So you can't get there, quote unquote, there by sitting in your egoic life and living that way. And a lot of people want to keep the parameters of the box. Well, you say, you say it all the time, too. It's like you, you can't heal yourself in the environment that made you sick. Yeah. If you have a sunburn, you're not going to lay out in the sun and try and heal your sunburn. Like, you can't do it. Yeah, you can't. And you're, you really have to understand that you need to give yourself this time. And I just, I love so much that Scott gave that analogy of the kids Mm -hmm. because he's a really good example of a lot of you. I feel not necessarily with just kids, Mm -hmm. but with the relationships and the marriage and society, we give such a tinge to a divorce, you know, like, Oh, they got divorced. But like, think about the people who got married at the level of consciousness they were at. I had a friend back in Calgary and she got married at like 18 or 19. And then she divorced him, you know, when she was in her early twenties. And she's like, I remember standing at the altar and saying to myself, my older version of you will get you out of this. If I'm thinking (laughs) that at my wedding, like it's not even, no. But I can think (laughs) back to my younger years when you're so pushed into that conditioning and programming, Mm -hmm. the large majority of us don't have that courage to do the opposite of what everybody else is doing. So you just fall into it. And then your wounds get so rampant where it's like, I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be rejected by society. I don't feel worthy unless I do this. And you just give in. And we've seen it all year in sessions too, where people are like, I just, I gave up. Mm -hmm. I just, or I wanted that kid. So I married that person so that I could have a kid and all the things. But then now you're empty and you're wondering what's going on in your life. And this year showed it. Yeah, and well, is showing it's it. It's so interesting. I think last night I posted this. There's a quote that I found on Instagram. And it said, the universe will always give you what you want. And then it's going to give you a test to see if that's actually what you want. So when we're talking about relationships, why I brought that up is like, okay, let's say you are together with someone right now. And they're not leveling up with you. Like, that's fine. If it takes you guys need to se- separate, that's great. Focus on yourself. Because if that person's meant for you, they're going to come full circle and come back. Yes. And that doesn't mean that like, because they're not with you now that they're a horrible person or that you're a horrible person but the only way that you're ever going to get what you want in life is by being steadfast and knowing yourself and healing yourself that's how you get everything that you want and the relationship that you have now if it's not fulfilling everything that you want that's because you're not fulfilling everything that you are Mm -hmm. and you need to get solid in that so do you know what let things go and then when they come back if it's that person again they're going to be better than last time or it'll be a new person 100 percent yeah, you've got to you got to establish what what you want first, and you've got to be able to to voice that opinion, and you need to have that conversation with your partner, mm-hmm. and your partner has to be has to be willing to listen. But one thing we've always said is, as your language changes because you start doing the work, you start talking about energy, 
and using all the language that consciousness, consciousness yeah. that we use, you will automatically shift, shift mm-hmm. those people because they will start using it once they kind of like see how it works. So just by being your true authentic self, you will pivot your partner, you will pivot your parents, you will pivot your kids because they will see. I agree, Scott. Like just earlier before we got on the podcast, my mom had called me and was telling me about like the contrast in the prairies. And she was talking about somebody in her family. And then she said something about, well, like I have no sympathy. I have no sympathy. And I said, mom, I said, yeah, you have no sympathy, but you have compassion. And then she goes, oh, wow, you're right. I never looked at it that way before. So now from this point forward, my mom is going to be like, I have compassion. Mm Mm-hmm. Instead of going right to that negative kind of doom and gloom of, I have no sympathy, this versus that. She's like, I have compassion. And now that's the language because I'm so solid in me and I correct her in the way that it is Mm -hmm. um, in the higher frequencies. And they're just like, they're shook. They're they're switched. And when you're solid in you, so if all of you guys listening are having these moments where people are triggered by you, they don't get it. You don't need them to get it. Okay, you need to hear us loud. You don't need them to get it. You know who needs to get it? You. You need to get it. You need to click. You need to heal and save yourself. And a byproduct of that is everybody else around you is either going to come with you or they're going to fall away. But don't be so scared of letting go of the old. Mm -hmm. Don't be scared of all that's letting go because that's making room for the new. And when you get so solid in you and you can reflect on things to like a level where Scott can say, I never wanted my kids and feel nothing about that other than the truth that that is for him. It does not change his love or his relationship with his kids. What it does is it frees him up from carrying that suitcase behind him that he's been avoiding for all of his life. Yeah. And just we'll kind of wrap up the whole the kill kids scenario with one of the things that happened, I think about a year ago is my son decided he had wanted to go live with his mom. He was on the fence about it because he really liked living with us, but he wanted to try and live with his mom. In the conversations that we had with him about that, we could have convinced him to stay. We could have some like easily swayed him and got him to stay. But because we are, we're conscious in what we're doing we listened to him and he was trying to go down to his mom's to see if he could fix his relationship with his mom, which is a big thing to do for like, I think he was 12 at the time. Yes. He was 12 at the time. So that's a big thing for him to kind of admit. But I know, or I'm presuming that his mom is probably not going to change and not going to evolve and he's not going to see his thing, but it's a journey he needs to take. So rather than you know, keep him here where all we're doing is just fighting and arguing every single day in our relationship is terrible because there's not much of a relationship when you're just yelling at each other is let him go because that way then we can work on our relationship if there's some distance between us. So now when we talk, it's really a strong effort not to get into like that argumentative state where it's like, I'm on the phone with you for like half hour or whatever every every week so let's have a good conversation and let's try and repair our broken relationship rather than just get into that argumentative state but it has to be a had to be a conscious choice when we let him go even though it scared me to let him go it's what he needed 
Yeah, and it would have been easier for you to keep that person in your life. So notice that where a lot of you guys, it's so much easier to keep that person Mm -hmm. in your life because it makes you feel comfortable. And the last thing I want to say is like, this whole journey is about freedom. It's all about what Scott just said. You know, he could have kept our son here to make himself feel comfortable. That's why he would have kept his son. And ask yourself if you were in the same scenario, if you knew that you were letting your child go to a place where the contrast was a completely opposite, would you let them go? You would probably a large majority of you would fight and would not go because you also have your personal judgments towards the other parent, the whole thing. But what it comes down to is like Scott said, I'm letting the suitcases behind me go because I can't drag them along anymore. And that's what's happening when you move from ego to soul is you're letting go of those suitcases that were created with all of the souvenirs and all of the opinions and all of the pamphlets and all of the conditioning and programming you've had your entire life to really let them go and move to soul and that takes work and that's going to trigger a lot of people because who are you without those suitcases and that energetic partner in pain that they have so know that you're not crazy you're not losing it and it is a a profound shift to move from old earth to new earth because the frequencies are completely different and everything comes from internally versus externally. So you have to kind of wipe away how you lived externally and you start living internally and that's going to trigger a lot of people. Yeah, because when I let Caleb go, I heard from my parents how that was a horrible idea. I heard from Coco's parents how that was a horrible idea. I heard from my aunts and my cousins how that was a horrible idea. And I literally just had to explain to them that, like, we had tried everything. And it's about his happiness and my happiness as well. If this is what he thinks it's best, then I support him in that decision. But I need to try and fix my relationship with my son. In order to do that, unfortunately, he had to go. He needed to go hang with his mom. And it is better now. And now that there's been some time between that choice back then, a whole year has passed. Even everyone else in the family has seen that it was a better decision for everyone around, even if they were against it in the beginning. Yeah, and Carly, what's your favorite quote that you could end with? They say that you're what's I love how you say it. Oh yeah. yeah. They'll call you crazy until you come they come to you for advice. Or they'll call you crazy until they call you right. <laughs>